Hello, it's me, the DM, just jumping in here up top with a quick announcement to provide some much-needed context, I think. Uh, I'm still on my sojourn in the UK, so we recorded and banked a bunch of content before I left. This episode was recorded, as will probably become abundantly clear multiple times throughout, on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I know, right? It was a while back. Why am I telling you this, you might very well ask? Well, I just thought you might all be very confused as to the various, frankly, perplexing Easter jokes we make. Uh, we mapped it out, and for some reason we thought this episode would be coming out around Easter, but we just goofed it because we're idiots. Anyway, it doesn't affect the app at all, I just didn't want you to be confused, we're just dumbasses. Enjoy the show. So, alright, here's something, let's quickly play with this and see what falls out. I was at the Perth Gluten-Free Expo this morning at that. the Perth Convention and Exhibition Centre, uh, and I just ate myself absolutely sick on gluten-free treats, just like nice. gluten-free croissants, gluten-free fucking pasta handmade, fucking gluten-free beers, fucking organic preservative-free wines. Not sure why they were there, wasn't complaining. Is that uh, what you put here? Yeah, that's right. I bought my O'Brien's Gluten-Free Pale Ale in a green can because it's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it was a really fucking good time, but I definitely like... Like, literally just, like, because it was, it was not planned. Like, this morning, Lily was just like, what are we going to do today? And I, I was like, I don't know. And she was like, oh, the Gluten-Free Expo's on. Let's go. And then, like, 30 seconds later, I'm just standing in, like, a hole full of, like, all these celiacs just, like, going bananas at these different, like, fucking <laughs> gluten-free dispensaries. And I'm just, like, eating myself ill. Like, just digesting as much pastry and pasta as I can get in my body. That is just like the perfect Sunday you've just described. Yeah, like, sounds pretty good. I wish yeah, that was, it was like pretty a, good. I wish that was a like pro gluten expo. Yeah, and also a, a, an international day for men as well. While we're on it, <laughs> 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 there is. One I got so <laughs> ill. I I was like, oh, okay. I haven't had like breakfast or lunch yet. Like I haven't had any proper meals today. I've just been eating these little snacks. And there was like a food truck that was doing like all these gluten free burgers. And I was like, oh, I get enough gluten free burgers <laughs> in my life. And then I saw they had, I saw they had a chicken schnitzel burger. And I was like, oh boy, that's carbs on carbs, my friend. And I was just like standing there in front of this food truck with its chicken schnitzel burger on gluten free bread for like, for like five minutes, just consulting whether I felt too sick to eat it and whether I'd already ingested did enough gluten free treats that of day. Did. I ended up deciding i was like i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna go I'm get the so proud of yes and i got to the truck dude like holding my stomach and they were like oh we're all sold out of the schnitzel and i was like thank you jesus for <laughs> self-inflicted punishment that i was about to experience perfect day for thanking jesus for his saving you from self-inflicted punishment This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello! Top of the HTW laid to you! Welcome to St. Patrick's Day edition of How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for the Curio Network. I am, as always, your oversized leprechaun, Ben McAllister. Whoa, what a, what a huge aesthetic. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm a big leprechaun. I, mean, I guess I should have seen this theme coming. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't. Um, I am, you have nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah, I am uh, your... Um, I'm underprepared and uh, a few Guinnesses deep, Jackson Usid. I'm your flat circle of leprechaun's gold, Thomas Owen. And I'm your sipping a cider by the fire of the green dragon, Grace Chaffel. Whoa. Oh, wow, I love that. How about, considering we've just recorded the recap, yeah, wow, this is going to be really fucking time confusing. It's probably, I don't know if this is going to be out on Easter, it's probably close to Easter when you're listening to this now, and we're recording it on St. Patrick's Day immediately after we recorded the recap that went up alongside Chapter 40. So given that all happened, how about we record another recap right now for ourselves of the things that have happened in the podcast, How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. 
When we last left our heroes, they were making their way through the Temple of Silence, which was located under Drasilia's secret hometown, Hastings. With the group is Petunia, an old childhood friend of Druzzy's, who possesses limited knowledge about the temple from Thispera, the temple's former custodian and Druzzy's former mentor. On arrival, the party found a sequence of strange images. A bird, a bear, a rabbit, and a fish. After solving some puzzles and facing some perils, they arrived at a room containing four animal-shaped automatons. Indeed, a bird, a bear, a rabbit, and a fish. The robots promptly activated and charged at the group. That brings us to right now. And the first thing I'm going to say is, all right, motherfuckers, roll initiative. All right. I don't know why you keep bringing up the whole motherfucker thing. It was one time. 17. <laughs> Oof. This went to 17, T. Whoa. That makes it sound like my own mother, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. I was trying to make it was like your mother, but that really didn't oh. sound right. No. I think that joke critically failed like my role. Whoa. Hi-yo. Yeah, mine's four all up. Oh my god. Well, 17 for Jody, I guess. Okay, so unfortunately, do you guys remember that this is like the bird, the bear, the rabbit, and the fish robot type thing? Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the riddle I solve, yeah. Yeah. So the first up is the uh, bear robot that you saw, which definitely charges across the room and takes a big, hunky, chunky swipe at my good friend and young son, Duncan. Uh, 15 all up. Probably not going to do it. Does not do it. Okay, well, it's a good thing he gets to make two swipe attacks with his big bear-like metallic claws. And the next one's a 23, which I imagine a will do it. Yeah. I'm going to need you, DK, to take nine points of slashing damage as you are struck with uh, this fucking giant arm thing. Nine points, you say? The next person to act is the rabbit automaton that you guys haven't actually seen. Because remember, as you kind of like entered this room, you could see like the back left corner and the back right corner, but you couldn't see the other two corners. So quickly from the side, Duncan is rushed by a kind of vaguely rabbit-shaped, like long-eared automaton that quickly like rabbit punches him twice in the side. The well first one rabbit is a. <laughs> The first one is a natural 20, and the other one is a 22. So that's oh going to be gosh. quite a fair whack of damage for DK. Three. So the, the natural 20... The natural 20 is 20 damage, and the other one is a paltry 7 damage. So just go ahead and, and take 27 additional slashing damage for me. The next one is the bird-shaped robot that runs over to Duncan, jumps over him, flaps its metallic wings, comes down behind him, and pecks at Jody Mistana twice with his big mechanical bird Do you want, do you want to roll a wisdom saving throw for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he... Yep. A straight 15. What's the what's the DC? 15. Ah, alright. So he attacks Jody twice with his big mechanical... Oh my god, these rolls! I'm just going to take a quick snapchat of these rolls that I just did. You heard me make the rolls. You've heard no more dice rolling between now and then. So, <laughs> yeah. Yowza Bowser. Uh, I love this new this is... uh, BMAC who feels the need to prove the veracity of his rolls to us. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, Thereby making it's me just the highly that I suspicious. It's just the fact that I rolled two natural 20s in two attacks in, in like, two turns. So, yeah, the first big bird peck on Jody Mastana is 15 piercing damage as this bird pecks into him. The second one is only a 15, so that probably doesn't hit, I expect, Jody. does not. Okay, fantastic. So take that 15 damage. Uh, okay, then the last one is the vaguely scaly fish automaton, which no! climbs and scoots its way over. So we, we assume you guys are kind of standing in, like, you were kind of, like, had sort of just entered this room a little bit. The fish slurps on over, and Jody still hasn't done anything, right? So he'd have to make a wisdom saving throw to attack mm-hmm, you, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, does the fish, as it moves across the floor, kind of sound like this? No, it doesn't, because it's metallic. But, oh, you know what? It has a little speaker playing a shitty MIDI version of that oh, effect no. as it moves across the room. Yeah, I'm going to say that the fish one actually slurps past Duncan and Jody, probably provoking attacks of opportunities. So go ahead and make those if you would like. Yeah. That's going to be a 26? Yeah, that's going to hit. Mine is going to be a fucking 30 to hit. Okay. Was it a natural 20? No, it was a 19. Okay, good. Um, that's uh, 15 points of damage from Jaboy. Okay, very good. 
He takes that and he doesn't like it. As this automaton is crunched, you see like some of its metallic struts are a little bit buckled by your staff. You still got donkeys coming, don't worry. 12 more damage. 12 more damage. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so you guys, yeah, hack a few little bits and pieces out of this automaton as it slurps past you. And then it strikes out twice with its big fish arms at Petunia, who is standing behind you guys. Uh, And it hits Petunia once. And she takes a funky, chunky amount of damage, and she lets out a very loud, audible oof as she is winded by this yeah, uh, so fish arm That's striking wild. into her. Fantastic. All right, next in the order is Jody. You've got the bird boy in front of you. In front of that is DK, engaged with both of these. Behind you is the fish boy attacking Petunia. Behind that is Drasilia. What do you do? Fish boy! Surely we got to do it in order, right? The Ooh, order of the thing. Yeah, what, what was the order? You did the riddle. Uh, okay. What was so, the order, Ben? Uh... The order was bird, bear, rabbit, fish. Kill the bird. I I still think that if uh, if Jody has seen Petunia take damage from the fish, Jody is moving in between the fish and attacking the fish. Attacking the fish? Well, because okay. I, I, I won't have range to hit the bird, right? Is can the bird in the air? No, the, the bird's right in front of you, dude. Well, as in, like, can I move in between the bird and... Uh, can I move in between the fish and Petunia? You will, but you'll be having you'll have to step away from the bird and take an attack of opportunity. The bird um, is the word. Well, yeah, fuck. Given that, I guess Jody attacks the bird. Okay. Wow. What a change in Jody Mastana, leaving a defenseless. <laughs> whilst okay, he no, attacks. fine. Fuck it. He attacks the fish. He does the whole thing. He attacks the fish. <laughs> so he t- Yeah, actually, you wouldn't have to take an attack of opportunity if you turned around on the spot and attacked the fish. Right. It's like behind you. Okay, it's a sixteen against the first attack. Uh, doesn't do it, I'm afraid. Whoa. Okay, well, I will attack again. Remember um, that time last episode where you complained that we weren't getting hit with yeah, yeah, beefy enough? Yeah. Well <laughs> uh, that's a 27 to hit on that particular one. Yeah, that hits. Um, that hits. Go ahead and deal your damage, my friend. Good. Joe Dimaggio. Okay, great. Oof. Uh, so that's only nine damage, but I'm going to take Flurry of Blows and attack it twice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so the first one will be an 18 to hit. Not going to do it, I'm afraid. Huge. Well, the next one is a 20... They're like metallic robots. Yeah, I mean, 18 AC, whatever. Um, that's uh, 26 to hit. Yeah, that does it. That's right, my punches do D8s now. Um, yeah, you've got those magical D8 punches. I know. Um, For your days. Magical D8 punches. Yeah. <laughs> ah, um, so that will be uh, 13 damage. Um, and then I will also make this uh, fish uh, creature... I'm going to make it take a save... Oh, great, no. Um, it can't take reactions um, until the end of uh, my next turn. It doesn't get a save? It do- doesn't get a save, and then I'm just going to tell Petunia to um, step on back and like, like run back. Yeah, nice. So it gets no reactions. Yeah. How interesting. What's the condition effect there? Is it just the thing? It's just that. So whenever you hit a creature with one of the attacks around by your flurry of blows, you can impose one of the following effects on the target. One of those is it okay, can't take yeah. a reaction until the end of your next yeah. turn. That, that, sound, that sounds sick. Okay, great. So you hit this fish, like, square between its mechanical gills, and you see it kind of seize up a little bit. Like, some of the servo motors that control its moving parts are, like, in, in like, you know, they're shocked and they aren't moving. Uh, and that's the end of Jody's turn, I expect. Next in the order, fortunately, is Petunia, who takes this uh, seized-up opportunity to fucking, I don't know, she doesn't really have any weapons. I guess she has, like, yeah, she probably has a little dagger. She just tries to fucking stab it before turning around and running away. So her stab attack... Oh, wow, actually hits this thing's high AC. Quite amazing. Uh, she stabs this fucking robot. Uh, it takes some damage. It's starting to look quite weak. Like, she maybe, like, knocks a screw out of a plate, and then she just turns on her heel and slips past Rosilia back down the corridor uh, out of peril. And the next person to act is Duncan. you got two on your DK. You've got the bear and the rabbit. Rabbit to your side, bear's in front of you. What do you do? The, the bird's behind you also, in between you and Jody. Yeah, well, I want to attack the bird. Can I just move around staying in the reach of the others so that the bird is then also in my reach? You can just turn around on the spot and the bird's right behind you. Oh, okay. I thought you said I had two on me, so I've got three on me. Yeah, the other one's engaged with Jody though, but it's just standing Aww. behind you. When's yeah. the party? Yeah, nice. Uh, Easter Sunday. <laughs> it's in two days! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, Alright, DK, give me the attack. I'm going to unleash on the bird. So, first attack okay. coming in hot. <laughs> Dukan's going sick on the bird. That's 28 to hit. It takes yeah, dude. 14 damage. Okay, it takes that damage, and you, you hear a, an audible uh, MIDI version scree as it gets strong. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. I love that. Um, then a 21 to hit. Yeah, that also hits. And it takes 16 damage. 
Oh, nice. Okay, you're like carving some gears out of its clockwork mechanical side with your big, big sword. Mm-hmm. You know it. I'm going to carve this turkey up for dinner. And <laughs> here's my third attack. That is 22 to hit. Fuck me. Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> and that's 15 damage. Fuck me. Okay, this thing's looking quite weakened. You maybe like like see one of its mechanical legs buckle a little bit as you strike it kind of on what would be its hip. Yeah, it, it definitely lets out a loud scree and lays a mechanical egg. Uh, and then the next person to act, I assume you don't have anything else to do, is Jazilia with her natural one. You've got a fish monster a little bit in front of you where Petunia used to be standing. You've got Jody on the far side of it. Then you've got bird, Duncan, bear, and rabbit. What and are you doing? egg. And egg. And, and egg. Maybe... <laughs> the, egg's, the egg's not anything. That was just a gag. Maybe just to in fiction address the riddle, Duncan might make a strategic declaration as he's carving at the bird. We're gonna focus our power in the order of that riddle. Take this bird out of the sky. All right. Oh, I'm so proud of you all for figuring that out from like two fucking weeks ago. <laughs> now, was it all of us or was it one of us? Yeah. Huge. For what it's worth, just for you guys, it is a quite subtle cryptic reference to uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower. But <laughs> we'll leave it. that on the it. table and proceed with our game. Is there a way for me to get more than one of these in an area of effects fail and not get Duncan? You can get, try and get Jody though if you want. Absolutely not. What if, what about um, what about Jody? What if Jody's the target? Oh, yeah, you could get the fish and the bird and Jody. I'll allow that because Jody's kind of in between fish and yeah. So imagine a line. It's like fish, Jody, bird, Duncan, and then in front of Duncan, you've got rabbit and bear. So you could maybe get rabbit and bear if you put position like an air effect out in the wider room in front of Duncan, no, uh, yeah. or you could get Jody and fish and bird because birds take the most damage, hasn't it? Yeah. So if I get both, it could it's like a Jody sandwich, a Jody sandwich with fishy bird bread and it's characteristically hot Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) all right drazi's going for it she's um fireballing jody and others fireballing jody and the bird and the fish okay go ahead and roll your damage and and, and jody i'll get you to take that deck save yeah don't worry it's a 15 plus uh plus nine for the save um so probably okay so jody manages to yeah so jody jody takes zero damage on that one hmm you see, the thing about it, though, is that it's not just Jody who takes zero damage. So maybe go ahead and put those dice back away, Gracie. And we're going to roll back around to the robots who what? shrug off this fireball, similarly to Jody Mastana. You see, like, um, as the fireball erupts, they all just kind of brace. And then once the fire dissipates, they're standing there completely unharmed. Uh, oh, Trisilia has yeah, never no, been this, angrier. This, uh, yeah, this uh, this creature that I have, I promise I didn't just make that up. It has spell immunity to three spells chosen by the creator, and I definitely put fireball he in that list. So, yeah, right it's there. It's both handy just to annoy your party, and also probably a spell that whoever made these would totally put on the list, because yeah. which yeah. powerful caster isn't rolling around with fireball? It's true, it's true. Exactly. I'm really glad Jody um, made that yep, save and so, so, just get toasted for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's why when you said fireball, I was like, oh, yes, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you, were you hungry for um, that Jody sandwich with fishy bird bread? Yeah, I was. I was hungry for it. Toasted. All right, uh, we're back around to the automatons. The first one to act is the bear, which takes two clawed swipes at Duncan. That is an 11 and a 20 non-critical. The 20 non-critical does hit. Okay, I need you to take 11 slashing damage as this bear's claws rake across your body. The rabbit proceeds to... Uh, yeah, it's the rabbit's turn. The rabbit proceeds to punch you twice in the side of your body. That is an 18 and a 9. Uh, they, they, they both hit. No, sorry, not the 9. Jesus, what happened? Yeah, Duncan is standing there uh, out, just like... That is an additional 11 slashing damage. Well... How you doing there, DK? I'm on 24 health. Oh, Jesus Christ! Okay. Don't worry. Uh, I've got a few okay. tricks up my sleeve. Next to the order is the bird, which pecks at Jody Mastana twice. That is a 15, which I guess probably doesn't do it. Now, and a has, the, has the bird hit me yet? A 15 and a 20 non-critical. Do either of those hit okay, you? Okay, a 20 does, yeah. Oh, yeah, the bird hit you. But the, he, bird he jumped, the bird jumped over and hit you. Yeah, great. okay, cool. Yeah, yeah the, the 20 will hit then. Also, you've now taken offensive action. Oh, true, right? of course. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, that is 14 slashing damage from the bird. I love uh, Piercing that. damage, sorry, I as the bird's beak drills into you on its one hit. <laughs> and then the next thing that happens is the fish slorps away over towards Drazilia, who's standing behind it, who just tried to fire. Does it leave my attack? Uh, range? Jody, you can. It does. You can have an attack of opportunity on the fish if you'd like. Um, it's a. Uh, it's an eighteen, unfortunately. 
Unfortunately, that won't do it. And the fish schlorps over to Drazilia and takes two big meaty finned swipes at her. Mm. It is a pair of 19s. Both hit, obviously. Yeah, I thought they I thought they might, uh, which means I need you to take instance of 7 and an instance of 10 uh, bludgeoning damage as these big fishy arms thwack into you. Okay. Yep. yep. How are we feeling, boys and girls? Feeling pretty good? I'm excited. I'm under half health. Okay. You're excited for this TPK? <laughs> Yeah, he's under half health before uh, I have to react to this encounter. We haven't, we haven't dunked any of them. It's this all good. It's all good. I completely forgot about some of my abilities, and I'm going to really blow a load in this next round. Oh, Jesus. God. Uh, uh, okay, well, fortunately, it's Jody Mastana. Uh, well, the first one is going to be a 24 to hit. That hits for sure, my friend. Great, great. Uh, so it's only uh, it's nine damage on the first one. Uh-huh. He's looking quite bad. You, you get him, like, in one of the wings with that, and the wing, like, pops off onto the ground. Yeah, great. Okay, well, then I'll just use a martial strike, uh, which is 25 to hit. Yep, also hits. Okay, great. Uh, that one will be 12 damage. Describe to me how Jody kills this thing. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. I like to think that Jody has, like, because it's, it's in the air, right? Uh, it's kind of, like, on the ground, but it does kind of hover sometimes. Let's say it's... I mean, you just knocked its wing off. It was hovering, you knocked its wing off, so it's on the ground. Yeah, yeah, cool. I reckon, like, Jody's, like, sort of struck up, knocked its its wing off, and as it's falling down, he grasps out towards its, like, bird throat, and just kind of, like, yanks out what would be the, like, esophagus, I guess. Oh, Oh. yes. You yank out the voice box that was playing the MIDI scree, and it goes, like, scree! Does Jody... As it winds down. Does Jody... Have that now as like a as a usable item. <laughs> yeah, Jody, Jody, you've got a bird box. Bird box challenge, dude. Oh, Do it. Viral shit. content now. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, dude, that's very good. Um, uh, very good. Okay, I guess that's Jody. No, or? I got another attack. Um, so who, who's, nice. who's next on the list? I think you get two more, right? Because you put someone down. No, that's Duncan. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was bird. The riddle was bird, bear, rabbit, fish. Okay, so where's? Can, am I in attacking range of bear? But the bear is on the opposite side of Duncan. I think you can squeeze into his space and attack it, or you could move past it and not leave its range, and then be like behind it on the far side of it from Duncan in a little. Uh, yeah, I think jo- I think Jody game. wants to like try and like acrobatically like vault over towards the bear and like strike down with an attack. Fuck yeah! Take take a free action acrobatics check to see how well that goes. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Sixteen. Okay, yeah, Jody like, fucking tucks and rolls over the bear, lands on the far side of it, and now you've got your attack on the bear from behind. Go on, uh, get it done. Yeah. Now, I will point out, this is the first damage the bear has taken, so okay. let's just keep that in mind. Uh, this is a 19 to hit. That will do it. Oh, thank fuck. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm just really worried that that in this cool move and just been like, welcome to attacking me for the next round. Hmm? Um, uh, okay, great. That's max damage, so that'll be 15. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. He takes a nice, big, meaty, or metallic thwack, I suppose, in his back, and you hear his MIDI voice box cool. with a shitty MIDI effect. I am going to the next blows. Uh-huh. Um, so the first one is a another 19, and the second one to hit is nice, a yep. 25. Yep, both hit. Uh, and Two punches, ten... coming in thick and fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can he take a dex saving throw for me? He can. Uh, it's a 12. Great. Uh, he's knocked prone. Uh, okay, cool. Yep, he's prone for sure. Okay, great. And that's 10 damage on the first attack and then 13 on the second. Uh-huh. Okay, you've got this big bear tumbled to the ground before you. It's prone. It's taken some uh, metallic thwacks into its back and groaned in bear-like pain. Uh, And now, I guess that's Jody done. Yeah, finally. Jesus Christ. It is Petunia who says, What can can I do? uh, do Throw some rocks. Do you have a ranged weapon? Drazi says, That stabbing thing was pretty cool. (laughs) Don't get close to them. (laughs) Um, she, she decides to combine these two suggestions and she whips her dagger, uh, in the direction of, I guess, the fish. Well, the, the fish is in front of Drazilia, so she whips her dagger at the fish and it misses, unfortunately. Or it probably hits it and then clatters off to the side because it is a dagger being thrown at metal. And it just kind of clatters off to the side and she says, that was the only one of those I had, sorry. And then the next, the next in the order. She's even worse than daggers than Drazilia. Sweet. So the yeah. first thing Duncan is going to do, uh, he's actually just going to take a big old deep breath, use his bonus action for second wind, just to get some hit points back so that the coming... He doesn't die. Yeah, the coming can. round doesn't see the end of him. So... Um, do the big breath for us. He uh, kind of goes... <laughs> 
Jesus, it's just hard to... Um, so that gives him 15 hit points. Nice! So we've figured out it's bear is our current target, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So first swing at the bear. And it's on the ground in front of you, which means you get advantage on your attacks because it's prone. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, so that's... <laughs> that's, uh... 28. 28 to hit. Yep, that'll do it. And that deals 12 damage. Okay, you strike down with your greatsword into this prone bear, and you feel some gears crunch underneath your blade. Sweet. It's looking quite poorly. I'll crank it again with my second second oh, attack. Oh, can't, really. What? Duncan starts cranking it on the battlefield. <laughs> That's 22 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. That is 16 damage, that one. Okay, tell me how Duncan kills this metallic bear. I think, basically, with the bear on the ground in front of him, he plunges his sword down into it, like, you know, sword in the stone style, straight down into it, mm-hmm. and then... Like, like the first sword of the stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like, pulling a giant lever towards himself, just pulls the greatsword down flat to the ground, like, blade flat to the ground, uh-huh. just carving the thing yeah. in half as he pulls the sword down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is fucking Duncan's ultimate at this point, because that's fucking all Duncan <laughs> does when he does an execution move. Bisect it, yeah. If, not, if none of you got that one, Grace, tell Dan later that I said Duncan used his ultimate, and Dan, Dan will probably appreciate that. Is that um, are we getting Overwatchy right here? Or just a, any number of, like, video games where you have, like, a single character that'll have, like, an ulti. Um, yeah, okay, Sweet. Duncan ultis the bear, and it's fucking out down for the count. Thanks to one of my feats, that kill gives me another attack, so I'm not even moving on to my third attack yet um this is the free yeah, attack nice. now what's the what are we targeting oh. after the bear bird bear the rabbit was the next rabbit. one in the riddle which is still standing right next to me right Hell this fucking yeah. bet standing right next to rabbit me, fisting me uh i mean rabbit punching me <laughs> so here's my free attack of killing the bear how does 18 go for hitting the rabbit yeah your your, your sword like is on a true direction but like it just like hits like a a, a particularly strong bolt and like is brushed aside it, like d- deflects off the rabbit's side right well um then i guess duncan just keeps going because he's got his third attack still <laughs> and so what? uh makes his third attack that is a two so that isn't gonna hit frustrated mm, by these two blows again that don't work he then roars a mighty dwarven roar as he okay, uh, uses uh-huh. his action surge oh so it's God. not a roar oh of impotence whatsoever and starts another round of three attacks i'm just gonna go take fuck yeah dude <laughs> do you do you want to just do you want to just roll them all just roll all three um no dude this is way more fun 22 to hit <laughs> okay. 22 hits that is seven, 13 damage. Okay. Yep, he takes that 13 damage. Uh, I don't know what kind of sound rabbits make. Does anybody? Great, you know what a rabbit sounds like. Yeah. There's a MIDI <laughs> effect that sounds like that. Uh, what, what kind of sound would a rabbit make if it was upset? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Meh. Um, can't make your next attack. Uh, that one is 26 to hit. Yeah, that hits. That is 15 damage. Yeah, nice. Okay, so you catch it, like, right on the shoulder, uh, and, like, its right arm doesn't fall off, but it, like, is, like, partially, like, dislocated. Nice. And then, uh, with its partially dislocated shoulder, I then level my third attack at that same shoulder to see if I can just take it off. off. Uh, That is a 29 to hit. Oh, yeah. I get to re-roll my snake eyes thanks to my feet, turning them into a couple of fives. So that is (laughs) another 16 damage coming in hot. Oh, my goodness. Jesus Christ. Okay, you definitely cleave its dislocated arm off with your greatsword, and it just goes... Because that's the only sound effect that the creator could program into the rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's Duncan done for the round. How did you all know that I knew what a rabbit sounded like? It just, just seemed like a nature. rabbit person. Yeah. You know how some people are horse girls? You're a, You're rabbit, a rabbit girl. You're a rabbit girl, for sure. Wow. Fuck, well, how many dice did I roll in that turn? That was literally seven attacks and one roll. For... Yeah, I'll be honest, I hey, stopped listening. Hey, Priscilla, you're up. What are you doing? I don't know what's going on, because Duncan just I'm went cutting robots so to pieces. That's what's how going on. How many are left? On. You've got the rabbit kind of engaged with Duncan off to one side, and you've got the fish in front of you attacking you with its fishy, fishy arms. Given that the last one just rebounded, I'm go- I think she's going to assume that magic's not going to work. So what she's going to do is turn to Jody. Can I get to Jody without provoking an attack of opportunity? No, you cannot. The fish is in front of you, then there's some open space. You'd have to use your action to do that. You couldn't do anything else. Well, that's all right, because this is a ranged spell. I'm going to cast Haste on Jody Mastana. Oh, oh nice. Huge play. Jody gets hasted like the Battle of Hastings, which is happening right now. Oh, it's the great Battle of Hastings. Hasted and Hastings. I love wow. it. 
Hasted in Hastings. Yeah, Hasted in Hastings. Episode yeah. title, it's right I'm there. Hasted in Hastings. I'm trying to go for a Jody sandwich with fishy Betty bread, but no one really bit that hard. So, yeah, I guess we can go with Hasted in Hastings. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, birds got beaks, fish got, you know, little, no teeth. No, yeah. no one's going to bite particularly well. Yeah. Fish do have little teeth. They bite. That's true. Yeah. And jo- Jody has wooden teeth from his time as a sailor, so. Yeah, you got all those real. The next person to act is the rabbit, Tom's. who tries to strike Duncan twice with his thick, rabbity arms. Uh, the one first one is a 20 non-critical. The second one is a 10. Well, only one of those hits. And the weirdly, non- it's the 10. The- I'm not going to get into the rules, <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah. The, the 10 somehow hits you for 8 bludgeoning damage as this rabbit punches you with its rabbity rabbity arms. And Tiny then the next thing you. that happens is the fish attacks Drazilia with its fish arms, and that's an 11 and a 15. Which one hits you? The 15, I bet. The 15. But I don't mind, because you sang it. That is 10... 10 bludgeoning damage, Gracie. A 10 bludgeoning damage. <laughs> How's Drazzy doing? Uh, same as Duncan. Oh. 31. 31. 30, dirty, flirty, 31. All right, fantastic. <laughs> the next person to act is the extremely hasty Jody Mastan. Yeah, like, honestly, 200 feet in, like, six seconds. Pretty <laughs> impressive. You know that Rihanna song that goes from zero <laughs> to 60 and three, four, five? I think she was singing oh, about you. Oh, Shut Up and Drive? Yeah. Yeah. Shut up and drive. You have an yeah, nice. encyclopedic knowledge of Rihanna. You really know Rihanna so much. <laughs> Who's turn is it? Is it, is it your boy Jody? Yeah, okay. yeah. Hasty, hasty Jody. Jody. Hasty Jody. Um, yeah, Jody will uh, easy. <laughs> move into tra- attack formation and just try to like wail on this uh, rabbit. Don't bring nice more time. animals into this. Okay, first one is 22 to hit. Does it. So that'll be uh, 10 damage. Okay, you knock uh, some of its metallic teeth out of its rabbit face, and you can see it's kind of like very close to being out on its feet there. Yeah, great. I martial strike, so I attack it again. Uh, this time for uh-huh. 20 to hit. Um, yeah, nice. That does it. Great. And so I want you to and imagine... D- d- don't bother rolling damage. Yeah. Just just tell me how Jody kills this rabbit. Well, if it's knocked out its teeth, Jody's just punching straight through the mouth hole. Oh. But, like, oh. he's elbow deep. Yeah, elbow deep in a rabbit. <laughs> Stop. Okay, what happens to this rabbit after I just, like, I don't know, turn it into a glove? You punch clean through its head, dude. Like, you punch clean through its head. I think you actually collect a second voice box. Oh my god, yes. Um, Okay, here's the thing I want to do now is that, uh, because I have a a bunch more attacks, uh, and because I'm so hasty, what I want to do is use the corpse of this robotic rabbit. Sorry, go on. Thank you. Yeah, Soldier Boy style, I want to throw. I, yes. Basically, I like. I feel like I'm like wearing the rabbit as a gauntlet, and so I want to try and like swing that weight. Uh, you know, using the, that weight against my opponent. You know, very much like a judo sort of style uh, into the fish boy, soldier boy, up in it. Oh, all right, dude, do it. Fucking throw that rabbit. I love this. I want to see it happen. Great, make Watch it happen. I rolled, a, I rolled a. I rolled a natural nineteen, so that's gonna be a thirty to hit. Yeah. Cool. I love Suddenly 30. 30 as the hit. What do you want to what do you want the damage to be? Um, I'm throwing a rabbit. Let's call it 1d10 plus your dex modifier Ooh, in bludgeoning that. damage. Um so that's 13 damage from the rabbit corpse and then I want you to imagine okay. like as that body is flying over Jody's like running up with his like fist ready to like oh, like, shit. down into So it. it's almost like a speed bag like boom exactly. like the corpse hits exactly. it and before it's exactly. even ready to itself. Yeah. See the thing the thing the thing is Jody that because the fish had already taken quite a bit of punishment. When the rabbit corpse strikes it, it just crumples, and it crumples into Drazilia and knocks Drazilia to the ground. I am going to say she doesn't take any damage as a result, but she is lying under a pile of dead robots. You should have straight killed her, dude. Okay, I think I think Jody runs over seeing that, kind of slows a step, and then continues to speed up, and just like is like throwing these corpses off. I think everyone in the room is upset about where like that Do you also martial just fight could have gone. Run right? 120 feet for uh-huh. no reason. I mean, 200. <laughs> like, oh, just in a big, just in a big loop. Yeah, and the, up and down the walls, like <laughs> over small bodies of water, just doing all. The, he runs up to the very top and drops down, taking no damage. He's just really, really showing off like a real dick bag. End of fight. Yeah, nice. Well, <laughs> fucking dude, you did it. You got, you guys crushed it, man. I'm fucking, I'm so disappointed that we didn't get to see the mechanic where if you kill one of those things out of order, it magically rebuilds itself with half hit points. That was going to be huge. Uh, But considering how close you all came to dying, probably a good thing that that didn't happen really at all. If you think we were close to all dying, you've forgotten that Duncan is just looking for the reason to take the drang. (laughs) (laughs) 
any opportunity. Any opportunity. Seven attacks in one turn. I was clean. I hadn't even relapsed yet. Heyo, it's me, your not Easter time dungeon master, checking back in with you in the middle of the show here, as per usual. We sure hope you're enjoying chapter 42. Thanks so much for listening. You're all very good. We've been seeing a bit of growth in followers and traffic stats, so thanks for sharing the show and all the other good stuff that helps podcasts like ratings and reviews. It really means a lot. Please keep it up. Uh, Not much more from me this week. I'll just say, if you're interested in what I'm actually doing over here in the UK for so long, go check out the Naked Scientists podcast. It's a science communication program I'm working on for a couple more weeks. It's been super fun, and yeah, you get to hear me talk about science and stuff if you pick out the right programs. Uh, Other than that, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but you can definitely Definitely get at us on Facebook or Twitter at Curio Network or on Twitter at HTWLaid. We've also got Instagram. Grace does really good posts on there with, you know, fun extra content from the show, sometimes pictures of recordings and stuff like that. So if you want a little bit more behind the scenes content, go check out the Instagram at Curio Network. Okay, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. I want one of us to get unconscious. For a bloody change. Well, I'm working on it. For what it's yeah, worth. second Guinness at the bottom of it. For what it's worth. As Jody is, like, sort of, like, taking a moment of rest after throwing these corpses around, he sort of, like, flexes and then, like, kind of relaxes and then gains 33 hit points, which is a <laughs> weird flex, but okay. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> But, yeah, so Jody's back up to 83 hit points, so he's feeling peachy. More like, uh, skaty three hit points, because he was a skater boy. I love that. <laughs> I don't. How, how dare you use that in pain? Yeah, that's Can cultural appropriation for Grace. Yes. <laughs> You're appropriating Grace's emo white girl culture. Avril Lavigne wasn't emo. I sang Avril Lavigne, specifically Skater Boy, so much in like year seven that I won't hear a word about the idea that that is appropriating somebody else's culture. It is deeply my own culture. That song came out when we were like year one. That's true. Do I look like Angela Clark? The the, the weird Al parody of it came out when we were in like year five, I think. That's probably what put me onto it. (laughs) What was it again? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm definitely trying to remember. Wait, no. Are you not thinking of complicated? Oh, yeah. yeah, You definitely had thinking of complicated, dude. Yeah, head constipated, but I think he might Pizza have also had party at your house. Oh yeah, there oh, it Jesus is. Christ, Tom, you just gave me like shiver cringe. <laughs> I can't remember the next lyric. What's the next lyric? I don't know. I remember it exists. I came just to check it out. Oh, oh. Um, T, this is not doing good things for me. <laughs> Don't talk to me about Skater Boy being your culture too. Did you even go to an Avril Lavigne concert? I, I, I want to make it internal canon that, like, you guys have finished the battle, you're all, like, sitting down, taking a deep breath, like, getting yourselves together, <laughs> and in canon, Drazilia is regaling everyone with, like, the in-fiction version of Avril Lavigne's, like, studio album is... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's being like, see, now... No, okay. Yeah. okay, okay, uh, who is the in It was really wild because, like, version. Avril Lavigne came to Hastings and everyone was like, how did you get through the barrier? But everyone Yeah, how did you get through the so bubble? <laughs> fuck no this was this was definitely after she left the town but before she met up with you guys Drazilia saw it was complicated for her to get into the town probably (laughs) but who is the alright let's just just do this alright everyone Trek is the skater boy the Carthus Avril Lavigne don't all jump in here let's take 30 seconds and come up with our best fantasy Avril Lavigne (laughs) but probably like Drazzy right wait because like okay in Skater Boy is Avril Lavigne she's the second girl Oh, she's not the ballet girl. So I think Druzzy is the first girl. Yeah, because Trent is the skater boy. Mm. Now he's a movie star. No, in like five years. Guys, time. Druzzy is the skater boy. Yeah, Druzzy is true. Skater Druzzy boy. is the skater boy. Trent is does the that mean Petunia? Girl. Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, does that mean we're making an internal canon that Trent broke up with Drazilia? He said, "See you later, boy." No. <laughs> Grace will not have it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, that'd be so funny. That does explain funny, the fireball a bit. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> so who's fantasy Avril Lavigne? Come on. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I had Bat Rule Slavine. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyone, anyone else? Slavine. 
I had I had um <laughs> I had um battle latrine. Oh. Not that's, great. That's not good. I mean, there's no reason it couldn't still be Avril, right? Yeah, Avril's a pretty fantastical yeah. name. Um, well, see, I had uh, Al- Alvar Nettleford. That was my pick. <laughs> it's, guys, it's Avril Lequeen. She's the queen of a neighbouring kingdom to Carthus who happens to have, like, bardic aspirations. And so she was touring Carthus, and Gracie caught her at her live show at Crossroads, making her way from Hastings down to the Ashwood, and she's just telling you guys all about it. Great. Avril Lequeen. So Avril Lequeen. Making Dra- her way downtown. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Avril, is no, it? No, it's not. It's a good song, though. It may as well be. Okay, boys and girls, you guys take a few minutes to regroup. Some of you flex and regain a lot of hit points. Some of you take deep breaths and do the same. And eventually, I assume, you proceed along through the temple. On the far side of this room where you can guys take support these automatons. Rest? You can take a short rest if you'd like. I yeah. mean, probably if we're in a temple, are we... Drazi's like, fuck your short rest. <laughs> Wow. Okay. We can have a short rest. Let's just, we'll just quickly, we'll do the short rest off mic, and you guys can leave this room and proceed on through the temple if that's what you want to do. Yes, we do. We shall look before we step. Fantastic. We... <laughs> okay. Take some perception checks as you walk down the corridor. Petunia, by the way, is um definitely looking at you guys all with like a little bit of like, she's wide eyed and she's like, wow, I didn't, um, just wow, Fispera never mentioned having to fight a bunch of robots on the way through, but she didn't really say much, I suppose. Anyway, uh, I guess we keep going. Welcome to the big legs, kid. Do you oh. think there was a riddle that would have deactivated them? <laughs> yeah. What was it again? Fishy bird. <laughs> bird bread? Uh, fishy bird, bird eat bear, bear eat rabbit. <laughs> something like that. Rabbit eat bear. All right, taking the perception checks. 26. Nice. Seven. 10. 17. 26. Jody, with that 26, as you peer down the corridor that extends out of the far end of this rectangular room, you would see that there is, in fact, a couple of doors at the end of this corridor. Like, kind of like, it comes in like a small round chamber, or I guess like vaguely angular chamber, and there's just two doors, one kind of off on the left and one kind of off on the right. They are both shut, but there does appear to be loud metallic clanging coming from the end of the corridor. Did you pronounce the G in clanging? I did. I love it. What do you do, adventurers? Whoa, I love this. This uh, adversarial role you're taking. Um, I mean, I think back to that information about the clanging and the noise and the banging. And the the clanging. And the yeah, the clanging. Unless there's, like, another like, way forward. You guys get up to the doors, and you're standing in this little, like, I guess let's call it octagonal sort of antechamber, where there's, yeah, one door kind of off at an angled wall on the left, and one door off at an angled wall on the right. And the one on the left is just shut, and you would notice, once you approach it, it's like a metal door set into the wall here, and it just has a small piece-shaped divot recessed into it. Before we get back to that... The way is shut. Yes, before we get back to the way that is shut, the door on the right uh, is also closed. It doesn't have a P-shaped divot, but it does appear to be malfunctioning. In that this door, you can see the way that it works is it slides up into the roof, and it's just sliding like a few fucking inches off the ground, and then slamming back down like... kind of noise as it as it uh, attempts to open but appears to be malfunctioning like everything else within this temple. Uh, at which point Petunia chimes in and says... This pro always mentioned something about there being a door or a room that she could never get into down here and uh, how that was really frustrating, but she never said anything about two doors or rooms she couldn't get into. Perhaps there were um, two rooms and she was just embarrassed and so she just said one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was one room down there I couldn't get into, but like, you know, two of them, that's um, too bad. Or she could get into one of these rooms. Well, of course, I mean, uh, anyone could make up anything in a fantasy world, of course, like whatever. <laughs> what do you mean a fantasy world? Cool talk, guys. Let's put a piece in the door. What about the malfunctioning one? Should we just barrel roll through there? First? I, potentially, the use of a piece might be something that we do right before the end of a... Um, that feels pretty final. Yes. <laughs> like a finite sort of... Um, as a completionist, you know, I... Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when you say completionist. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Devoted to the audience. <laughs> I feel Sorry. like Jody the Completionist could also be an episode. <laughs> what do you What do you do in adventures? Do you want to go take my functioning door or peace door? Right. Does it look like we could? Hey, it's your clock tower, Grace. Slide through. See? Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. I forgot that we're not allowed to exist for this adventure. Oh, you... <laughs> I you're the um tactical. T- 
Tactically speaking, I'd suggest we tumble through this door. Depending on how quickly it's actually moving, I can't tell because I can't actually see it. Nice. Yeah, what is it? I mean, it how sounds fast is it moving? with how fast it's moving. But it's not it's not yeah. coming up far enough off the ground for you guys to fucking stumble under it. But can we like try and like wedge it up? You you could certainly try. What's your what's your plan, um, boys and girls? Oh, let's get one of those corpses and yeah. just yeah. fucking cram it under the door. Yeah. Okay, you go back and grab one of the metallic corpses and you just, like, put it mm-hmm. under the door as the door's like... And, yeah, it just starts fucking pulverizing it, like, down fucking into the ground. Whoa. It doesn't work for... Oh, we'll say it wedges it, like, a bit off the ground, but not not enough for you to crawl under. But do you think if we did it three more times with three other corpses, we might be getting somewhere? Uh, yeah, you could slowly build up a tower of just, like, fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like a towel well, of metallic corpses is sort of our vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of your vibe, yeah, I suppose. And once it's um, flattened all of those corpses down into one flat, smooth piece of metal, we can ride it out of here. Yeah, exactly. yeah nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> that flat circle of gold. As, as you wedge it up with the robots, you as you make like a, a pile of like increasingly pulverized robots, uh, just like slowly slotting one in every time it comes up. But the thing, the thing with that is the way I see it, like... You're still never going to be able to, like, get them in at a point higher than, like, the highest point that it makes in its arc, which is, like, you know, six, yeah. seven inches off the ground. But you can, like, stick a pile of robots in there so it's constantly stuck in that position. And, like, it's trying to force itself down, okay. but it's, like, six, seven inches off the ground, um, which is not a lot of distance. Uh, no. You might want to try and, like, use some, like, you, you could certainly try and, like, force it further open if you wanted to. That would be an option open to you guys. I reckon we force it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, right. with, with, with the wedge there as, like, a stopgap, you're not really at any risk of it, like, pulling you down and crushing your hands against the ground, right? Like, you can get your hands in yeah. under, like, the top point of its, like, broken arc and try and, like, force it up further if you'd like. Are we able to use Jody's, like, concussive rod as, like, a lever of some As a kind? lever? If you want to risk the rod, be my be my guest. Dude, the, the, the metal got pulverized. It's a very powerful rod. It is a powerful rod. I have the craziest idea. Okay. I put my sword blade on top of the tower of corpses we've built. I then, in one swift motion, grind it up to its width and activate the shield that shoots out from the sides of the blade. Oh, whoa. And see if that jacks the door open. Oh, at which dude. point you'll jump through it. What yeah, about? To, so to try and jump through. I love this. I love this. So, so to clarify what we're talking about is Duncan rotating his sword 90 degrees to like jack the door up a little bit further and then activating the magical force field shield spell embedded in his sword and using that to push the door up even further. I fucking love this. Yeah. Give me a strength check to rotate the sword against the force of the door. Um, Jody taps you on the shoulder and gives you guidance as well. What is that? Nice. Plus one D4. D4. Okay, so Duncan wedges the blade in on top of the buck and corpse tower. Two hands on the handle, actually clasping the hilt so that he has better torque. Uh Clasps the two sides of the hilt, Mm -hmm. starts Mm -hmm. twisting it. Here we go. Here we fucking go. Well... I won't lie. I did roll two ones. You rolled two ones. <gasps> that's the lowest oh. you can roll. Like that's you did the worst possible thing. I think you cut your hand off. <laughs> um, assuming it's athletics, that's still a ten. Yeah, but it is a critical failure. Fail so, I. Mm. All right. Here's what I'm gonna do, Duncan. Rather than the critical fail meaning that this just doesn't work and you guys just don't get through the door, I'm going to say you do manage to pull off this manoeuvre and you guys all get through the door. But in the process of trying to wrench the blade around in order to expand the gap that you're trying to get through, Duncan, your greatsword gets a little chip out of the side of the blade and... We're not going to talk right now about what that has to do. I'm not going to say it's not a plus two or a plus one sword anymore. It doesn't lose its shield power. It's just got a little chip in it. And I'll tell you what okay. that means when it becomes important. And But oh for the meantime, for that price paid by Duncan's blade, you guys can get through this door. Uh, he activates the shield and you guys can all fucking roll through the door, Petunia included. And It's a broom closet, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
We uh, didn't even peek under the door. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. We would have we seen the dustpan on the floor. Yeah. Like. <laughs> okay. You guys proceed along the corridor on the other side of this door. And it's reasonably well lit by this sort of flickering fluorescent-esque lighting, like everything else is in this room, uh, in this temple. And as you're walking down the corridor, you see a number of strange and wonderful things in sort of almost frames or containers lining the walls of this corridor on either side. A lot of them are kind of meaningless to you. They're just like runes or sigils or things on bits of stone that don't really mean much to you at all. But a few of them definitely stand out to, well, the three of you. As you guys are walking down this corridor towards, uh, you can see at the far end, there is what appears to be a large, delicately inscribed copper door. We'll get there when we get there. But in the meantime, I would like to look at these things that are on the wall and point out which ones mean things to you. Actually, yeah, rather than me deciding who goes first, who, 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 wants, their, who wants their thing first? Yep, holla. <laughs> Drazilia, you see on the wall, inside like a glass case mounted to the wall, a chessboard. I mean, you all see this, and, you know, Duncan, you obviously have some affiliation with chess. You can see the pieces are set up to play. They're, like, affixed to the side of the board. When Drazilia sees this chessboard, she has a vision. The vision is of... That same willowy elf figure that you've now seen in a number of these visions, sitting in a nicely appointed room, playing a game of chess with a male figure. From your vantage point, you can see over the shoulder of the male figure to this willowy elf figure, and they're playing and they're laughing, and it just looks like they're having a really nice time. And can I get you to make an investigation roll for me, please, Gracie? Oh, no. Not my strong suit. <sighs> yeah, it's an eight. Okay. Yeah, you don't you don't put much together about the male figure. Uh, you're just <laughs> yes. looking Damn over this male figure's shoulder at this game that they're playing, where they seem to be having a really nice time. When you hear a noise behind you, and if you turn around in your vision form, you would see another figure entering this little room, and. You can't actually really see this figure. It's something weird about the vision. Like, you can't, like... You just see, like, a, a shape stepping into the room. It's kind of like this weird dream-type reality. And the figure steps into the room and says, Guys, we have to talk. And then that's the end of the vision. You're back standing in the corridor. Yeah, right. Does the omniscient audience member notice anything about the man that Drazilia with her <laughs> poor role didn't? Uh, I don't know whether they would or wouldn't. I think, um, something, okay, I'll tell you this. Something about him looks familiar to you. Something about the male figure looks like something you've seen before. Interesting. Who wants their thing next? Do what I- do you reckon Duncan does after the blade? Like thing does he like storm on through or is he? Um, well, inevitably he's holding the door for the two of you to walk through. All right, and then just holding the blade. Uh, <laughs> and probably then takes a moment to inspect the blade yeah. as the two of you start down the corridor. Right. So I think Jody's probably I guess a bit yeah. ahead. Yeah. Cool. Jody sees a magically created portrait. The portrait is of a willowy elf woman that Jody doesn't recognise, standing in front of a window. And out the window, Jody sees a sight that he would recognise anywhere. It's a view down of the garden at Espera, centred on the great tree. And when Jody sees this portrait, Jody Mastana has a vision and is briefly transported. What? He was the wizard all along. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just ever so briefly transported to the room that this portrait is in. And you immediately recognize it, Jody. It's the room at the top of the tower above the Great Hall in Espera. And you're standing the there in that room, yeah, with the magical air conditioning. And you're looking at this willowy elf woman standing in front of the window, just kind of smiling like she's smiling for a photograph. And then that's over. And you're back in the corridor. Whoa. Holy shit, dude. Well. Like, Jody is, like, shocked to see Espera. Yeah. And, like, to have a vision, presumably? Well, yeah, and also to have a vision as well. Yeah. 
for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Is it kind of like uh, in Doctor Strange when like Stephen Strange is like "fuck you" and then they like has a whole send him yeah, yeah, through yeah, that yeah, yeah. fucking trip vision and yeah. it's just like my entire think, perspective of reality is different. Now. Exactly, entirely that. Yeah, because at least like, did you just zone out for like six seconds? Fucking go to your bag. All right, I'm gonna get to DK's thing here. Is it time? It's time. All right, so Duncan finishes inspecting the small nick in his great sword, and then, I guess after being a little bit disgusted, proceeds down the corridor behind his friends. Duncan proceeds down the corridor, and he's looking at the weird, wonderful, strange things in these frames. And the one that jumps out to him the most is a little chunk of stone. What, what do I what do I know about stone? Oh my god, you almost killed Thomas Owen in real life. What do I what do I know about it? Let me chunk let, me, let me fucking roll some fuckos. My advantage gives me nineteen. What is it yep. that I'm rolling it's here? Is this it's like history, I think. Yeah, history of Yeah, stone. so that Sorry. goes down to eighteen. Um. Okay, dude. Well, Tom, I'm so glad that you rolled an eighteen. Because when Duncan sees this little piece of stone and he looks at it close, he notices a rune carved into it, which is kind of like two intersecting squares with a diagonal line struck through them. And the second his eyes fix on that, Duncan has a vision. Whoa. Duncan... We heard in the in the in the Christmas special about how Duncan grew up in North Pole, and then he ended up leaving with Santar's claws after thwarting the plans of the Mad King. Where do you think Duncan went next? We know he was living in a town, sort of somewhere in the disputed territory between Carthus and the Eastern League before the Eastern League pushed all the dwarfs out of town during the war. So I think it's that town we're talking about. And do you have a name for it? A name for that town? This dwarven town? Uh, I think. Like, its name would be Dwarven, but translated in the common tongue to Snakesbane Spring. Snakesbane Spring was Which, in, in Dwarven, a little smoother is just... I love that. Snakesbane Spring, I think, was a quarrying and mining town. It was this little Dwarven community set up around a very prominent uh, and highly productive quarry. And I think a quarry, probably... but also a hot spring. <laughs> yeah, there, there, can, there were springs nearby. I think as Duncan was progressing into sort of being a young man and he was looking for work, he probably worked a number of summers at this quarry, you know, cutting stone, taking stone, bringing it back to town where it was sort of bought and traded and shipped. Uh, and I think, you know, that's probably where Duncan gained a lot of his proficiency with stone was these summers spent Absolutely. working in this quarry. I think seeing this particular stone with this particular rune it's something like a memory, but it's different because you are kind of there and you were never there when this event occurred. You just heard about it, which is that whilst quarrying one day, a sort of dwarven, well, I guess mining slash quarrying expedition band came upon some ruins, some really weird ruins. They, they were sort of like digging this large chunk of rock out of the wall and then like a pit opened up and they were staring down at the strangest collapsed, what appeared to be a collapsed mine they'd ever seen. And Duncan's standing here now as this occurs, and there's this sort of collapsed mine shaft that they've uncovered, and right atop it is a stone plate, almost like an entryway, like a name, a sign above an entrance. And the sign above this entrance has this exact same runic configuration on it, these two interlocking squares with a diagonal slash through them. And Duncan's transported to this memory he never had of the discovery of this strange ruin with this rune. And then he's back in the corridor. I think Duncan is a little bit rattled. Any particularly vivid memories feel a little bit too much like his dreams and nightmares. Uh, Doesn't like vivid things happening in his mind, basically. And I think then, like, pretty quickly sort of like half composes himself, punches the glass out and takes the stone. Yeah, absolutely. That's him composed? It's just like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've got it, dude. You've got the stone out of your inventory. I love that. Man, I love a little slice of sensible Duncan's backstory as opposed to (laughs) Santa's class. What are you trying to say, Grace? I kind of want to wrap it there. Um, I'll just give you this little provocation. As you guys are kind of walking down this corridor towards this big, intricately inscribed copper door, you hear 
a loud crash, and then a uh, fuck in the distance behind you. Duncan readies his blade. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chappell, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or Still Interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.